0: Of my favorite passages of scripture set before us this morning, uh, first service, which will be up online eventually. Some of you guys know uh, a little bit, I had years of really struggling uh, with depression, anxiety stuff. Um, and this passage of scripture that's set before us was one of those passages of scripture uh, that really gave me a, a firm grounding, a hope to cling to despite how I was feeling. Um, and if you guys struggle with any of that or know someone who does, uh, we're going to be posting it later this week up online. I'd encourage you. A Totally different study than we're doing this morning. Same scriptures, uh, but uh, we spoke specifically to uh, a lot of neat things practically from this passage in regards to that. Um, anyways, this morning I want to look at uh, what I like to call the believers' benefit package. How many of you guys have a benefit package in the place in which you're employed? Okay, so you guys are familiar. Well, some of you guys are familiar. Some you're like, no, nope, self-employed here, anyways. <laughs> uh, besides a worker's salary, you know, a lot of times in those different packages, um, you have different compensations for uh, different things that might include, you know, like a benefit package or a signing bonus or Um, death or benefits, and it's kind of cool as we consider those type of things. I find those things for us as Christians in this first few verses of Romans chapter 5. So I'm hoping today that you guys leave here totally stoked on who you are in Christ Jesus and the hope that we have as believers, okay? Because there is a world out there that is very hopeless, and we have hope to share. We have hope. To live. So let's just jump right in uh, to this. Let's look at uh, the benefit package here in verses uh, one and two together. It says, Here, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into grace into which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So this chapter—it's um, better than those Ginsu knife advertisements. Any of you guys remember that from the '80s? How many of you guys owned a Ginsu knife, or your parents did? Okay, how many of you guys have picked some up at a thrift store since then? Okay, very popular advertisement back then. In, the, in their ads, they would ask, you know, how much would you pay? Okay don't answer and then they would include their their signature line which was but wait you guys remember those commercials but wait there's more much much more and if you act now hey they'll throw in their their steak knives and their potato peeler and you know <laughs> they just kept going on and not only that, but there's more. And that's what I feel like the Apostle Paul is doing for you and I this morning in these few verses, okay? Uh, not only are we justified. Do you guys see that there, okay? We're, we're justified, but he's also made us righteous, okay? So justified, he's paid our debt. We've looked at that at length. What does that mean to be justified in previous studies? But we're also made righteous. His righteousness Okay? God, Jesus, perfect, holy, right. That righteousness has been placed upon you and I. So, um, we also see uh, more. But wait, there's more. Check it out. Peace. Did you guys see that? And this is God's peace. Okay, That shalom peace. Have you guys ever experienced that peace? That surpasses all understanding? God's promised that peace. There's times when we're tripping, circumstances are hard. How is this going to work out? I don't know what to do. And the Holy Spirit just, here's my peace, son. Here's my peace, daughter. How many of you guys have experienced that peace before where it just doesn't make sense, but you just have it? That is the most beautiful thing for us as believers. And that's what the world's looking for. They're looking for peace. And we don't see that, do we? Global peace. Is there global peace today? Oh, not on my planet. Not here on Earth, no. Well, there's national peace because, you know, we're the United States of America and united, if we're united, then we'll have peace. There's no war, right? We're not we're more divided than we've ever been. But the thing that's really cool, brother, sister, when you are in Christ Jesus, okay? You have peace with God, and he's going to give you peace even though everything outward is chaotic and at war, divided. We can have peace inward. Isn't that cool? And that's what the world is wanting. Because the world, their circumstances dictate what's going on in their lives. We as Christians, man, this world doesn't dictate nothing. Okay? Our hope, our standing is on Christ. It's Him. He is our peace. Okay? And that's why we can go through this world. And we don't have to trip about tomorrow. (laughs) Because we know the one who has it, okay? We get to abide today. I love, there was a sign <clears throat> um, at a church. If life is a puzzle, look here for the missing piece. I think that's a pretty cool church sign. Did you guys notice how they uh, uh, spelled peace there? P-E-A-C-E, you know? And it's so cool because we're all looking. We just think if we have just the missing piece in life, if we can figure that out, then everything's going to be okay. You know, well, that peace, guys, is Jesus Christ. We can't ignore that peace. Okay? He's the cornerstone. He's the one that finishes and makes it all work together. He's the most important peace. And when we have him, we'll have his peace. Jesus Christ is called the Prince of Peace. And I don't know about you guys, but we need the Prince of Peace's power in our life, not the Prince of Hope. Okay? That could have worked. Right? God could have referred to himself as the Prince of Hope. Would that have worked? But he didn't. He said the Prince of Peace. Not the Prince of Love. Not the Prince of Faith. He is called the Prince of Peace for a reason, guys. That's what he wants for you and I. And oh, in caution, uh, peace with God means war with Satan. Can I say that again? Peace with God means war with Satan. The second you turn your life Over to Christ Jesus. You put your faith in him. You got a target on your back and Satan hates you. You are now a child of God's. Satan hates you. And you know what? That's okay. I don't know about you guys, but I kind of want to mess with darkness in this life. I see darkness getting the best of most people. Okay, They're being defeated by it. And we can wallow in that stuff, or we can engage and mess with darkness because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. A lot of us are tripping out on all the stuff happening around us. Okay? No, there's principalities and powers going on. Okay? There's a spiritual battle going on. And when we walk in Christ, the victory that we have in Him, we're going to be able to step out the door and mess with darkness. Because let me tell you what, the world is dark today. Okay? We are called to be light. And we can do that. When we have peace with God, it doesn't matter what's going on around us. Man, I can go anywhere, do anything. If the peace of God is with me, hey, this is all good. God's going to work it out. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I know God's got it. I know he's got good in view. I know this is a good thing. But wait, (laughs) there's more, guys. Did you guys catch here? We have access to God. So many people, even within the church, God's way out there somewhere. He's there, but he's kind of left us alone to ourselves to do our own thing and figure it out. No, no. He is with us, and we have access to him. By faith, we're told we have gained access into this gracious relationship with God Almighty, the living God. You guys hear it all the time. We're not about religion. We're about relationship. Where does that lingo come from? Why is that something we preach? Because we see it in the word of God. Okay, We have access to him. We have relationship with him. But wait, (laughs) there's more, guys. Check this out. There's this hope we find. We rejoice in our hope of getting to share in the glory of God. Thus, we face the future with joy. You guys understand that? What a joy. I can't wait to go home. (laughs) You guys ever think about how great it's going to be to finally be with Jesus? No more pain, no more sorrow. It's going to be beautiful and wonderful. You know, and we can already reflect the glory by living an obedient life to Christ. When we live surrendered to him loving him and just being obedient guys we get to reflect you guys understand that we're christians we should be becoming like jesus more every day do we live in that reality some of us are like yeah i know that to be true (laughs) but i don't know if that's really happening no that's what god does his spirit working within us. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's going to complete the work that he's begun. And all we can do, guys, is surrender. You guys understand? That's all we can do is surrender and allow his spirit to work. Some of you guys have been fighting against that. Let me tell you what, being at war with God is not good. Even as a kid, you guys know that we still can be at war with God? Okay, When people are after control, when we want to be In that place of calling the shots, there's always going to be conflict. There's always going to be war. And we as Christians, when we say, no, I want it done my way, God, I know you're asking me to do this. I know your word is telling me this, you know, but I want to do my thing. (laughs) Okay, because I think this is best. I'm going to go into the world guns blazing. But son, daughter, I've called you to be a peacemaker. I don't care what you say. I want to do my thing because this is what I want to do because this is what I think is right. We can fight against God all day long doing our own things, guys. That's where we need to surrender and be obedient. God, what have you asked? And it might be a hard thing. There are things that God's going to ask us to take a stand for in this life. And we need to take a stand. But we got to do it in a way that is Christ-like. Submitting, surrendering to him. Okay, Lord, this is where I stand. And that's one thing that's beautiful about this passage of scripture. We stand in Christ. It's in his grace. This is where we stand. This is where we're to make our stand. It's in him. And that's what the world doesn't want to hear. But that's what the world needs to know. Because there's a hope when you find a sure footing. Do you guys know that Jesus Christ is an anchor to our soul? Have you read Hebrews? He's an anchor to... Isn't it cool to be anchored to the rock of ages? We have that, Christian. Let's look at the signing bonus here in verse 3. Not only that, you guys. do you guys catch what Paul's saying here? Not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Really, Paul? Didn't another apostle by the name of James call us to count it all joy when we fall into various trials? All right, so what's up with these disciples, these apostles? Okay, did they lose their mind? What's going on? Okay, because I want to be comfortable. I want everything to be good. I want to go back to the way things were. Okay, I want the normal. I'm kind of glad things have shaken up. Do you guys know that normal hasn't worked? Okay, there was a little project 244 years ago, July 4th. There was a document signed in 1776. Okay, hey, life. You know, liberty, pursuit of happiness for all people, right? How is that working out? It hasn't worked too well. People are looking for happiness, hope, and they're not finding it. Guys, we're the most depressed generation that has ever lived. Do you know you Americans, we take more antidepressants than any other country in the world. Actually, the whole world combined three times over, we're not happy. Obviously, that experiment hasn't worked. Stop placing your hope in that experience. Only hope is Jesus Christ, period. And who has that hope to share? That's you and I, brothers and sisters. That's what we get to share. That's what we get to do. We're on mission. We're preaching this good news. Because, hey... Even tribulations for us, guess what? We can glory in that. And he goes on to tell us knowing that tribulation, it produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Not only that, but wait, there's more, okay? <laughs> um, there's a lot more. Uh, I was kind of hopeful. You guys ever put your hope in things and then you just get disappointed? It's just like, oh, that'd be so cool, okay? There's a NFL player by the name of J.J. Watt who is from Wisconsin. He left the team he was a part of for a long time and he could have went to the Green Bay Packers. I'm like, that would have been cool, okay? Because he did a lot of good things. He, raised, he was in Houston. you guys know there's more sex trafficking in Houston than any other city in the United States, Okay. And that's where he was playing ball. And there was a lot of initiatives, a lot of ministry things to that in that city. You know? And I was very grateful for the things that he was doing for that city. Anyways, uh, I'm getting sidetracked. The point is, you guys know that he signed with the Cardinals. And he got a signing bonus for guess how much? $12 million. Pretty sweet signing bonus. Okay. You know right now they have a need for teachers in some of the bigger cities? And if you, as a teacher, sign on with whatever school, you get a sign-in bonus too. Guess how much? 10000 bucks. Now, personally, I feel our educators, teachers, are worth a lot more than someone who runs around in tights and plays with a ball. Okay? <laughs> but the reality is, guys, when it comes to signing bonuses, what we have here is better than any signing signing bonus, you know, that this world can give to anybody. Because check out these three: perseverance, character, and hope. Most people give away any signing bonus they would ever get, all that they have to be able to have this. What this is priceless, guys. And this is what we have. Now, I want to talk to you guys about tribulation for a second, because it tells us clearly that tribulation will produce perseverance. But what about the sufferings of Christians? Okay, What's up with that? Well, the answer is uh, no, there is much value. Okay, Because we look at the persecuted church, we look at those who are suffering, even those who are in Christ, there's blessings that come through that tribulation. Okay, tribulation, suffering, affliction, hardship, pressures, pressures that describes the distress that is brought on by outward circumstances. Uh, This last week, I got to introduce our kids to Elizabeth Elliott, okay, Uh, mid-50s. Her husband, Jim, and four other missionaries went to uh, the jungles in South Ecuador um, to people that run around naked in the jungles. They have no idea of who the living God is. Uh, They are very hostile towards any outsiders will kill them and even kill each other. 70% of the tribe in which uh, her husband went uh, killed themselves by the spear. And it was so cool talking and considering her story because Elizabeth ended up losing her husband along with four other guys who had a heart to fly in and share the gospel with these people. And she had to endure much hardship. Some of you guys have read her books, Phenomenal writer, Writing, Passion and Purity. She wrote that one. Anyways, uh, what God has done, you know, or, or did in her life as a result of it, do you guys know her story? She actually went back to the same tribe, the people that killed her husband. She went there... They were married just two years, little baby girl, took little blondie, little baby girl, her and then one of the other missionaries, uh, sisters, the three of them went back to the same people that killed her husband um, and there lived, learned the language, shared Jesus with them, put the uh, language of that tribe into the word, made, made the Bible known to them. Beautiful story. But let me tell you what, it wasn't easy. You know, she had it rough. But I look at the reality that tribulation produces perseverance. Man, that's only of God. Who's gonna persevere to the point that, hey, we're praying as a family, we feel like God is asking us to go minister to these people. Well, they killed one of us. (laughs) Are are we gonna choose to persevere, (laughs) to continue on even in that tribulation? You know, and what a hope. Those people have. Not not the entire tribe repented and came to Christ, but there were some. And even to this day, okay, the tribal people who've come to know Jesus, they're now sharing with others. It's beautiful. And there's a hope that we have in Christ, and that's why we persevere even when things are hard. And I love examples of Christians who are suffering. You guys know our brothers and sisters around the world. Many are being persecuted. Okay. We say we're being persecuted. We don't know what persecution is in the church. Okay? We see in Canada churches going underground. Great. <laughs> they're still able to have church. Okay. They're not gonna be killed for their faith. Brothers and sisters today will be killed because of their faith in Christ Jesus. That is a fact. That's what they're facing. You know, and you know what? They're prayer requests are that they would have boldness pray for us that we, we, would be, we would be bold that we wouldn't waver in our faith, that we would stand strong in Christ, that's their prayer request, not that we'd be allowed to go back to regular church services Okay, and that perseverance and we wonder why the church of Jesus Christ is growing all over the world here we have all the freedoms in the world, you guys know that church membership is the lowest it's been here in the United States, we're under 50% for the first time. Okay, Some of you guys, well, our church is growing. Well, praise God. <laughs> you know? But the reality is they're saying in the next year, one in five churches are going to close. One in three pastors right now are going to be walking away from the pastorate. Right? And we look, if the churches can't do it, where's the hope? If our church leaders can't do it, where's the hope? The hope is in Christ Jesus, guys. That's why we have to take serious the Word of God and what He says here. How will we be able to persevere? It's when we hold to the Word of God. You guys can flip over to Romans 15 real quick. Look at verse 4. I'm going to actually read it with you guys so I don't slaughter it. But I want to encourage you guys to find encouragement in the word of God, which is truth. It says, for whatever, verse 4 of Romans 15, whatever things were written before were written for our learning. So that would be the scriptures. These were written that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, the word of God, that we might have hope. Where do we find hope, guys? Well, according to the scriptures, they've been given that we can find hope. Well, maybe we need to spend more time in the Word of God. A lot of headlines out there, a lot of things we can be checking into and reading about. We find comfort in the Scriptures. Look at the verse before it. Verse 3, For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. So here we have Christ. Um, I want to share with you guys for a second because I know some of you guys in here are elders. Some of you guys... Feeling called to teach, to lead. Um, If you're mom and a dad, you are a pastor, whether you like it or not. You guys understand you've got little sheep. (laughs) You're you're shepherding. That's reality. You are a leader. Um, And to be a good leader, a mature leader, you're going to have to go through some hard things in life. That's just a part of it. And you look at leaders who've been tested and tried and made it through. That's the type of leader I'm going to want to follow. And you know who's suffered more than anyone else? Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he's the greatest leader this world has ever seen. So when the Bible tells us, hey, glory and tribulation? Yeah. It has a work. It does things in us. So when we're talking about tribulation, that pressure, it describes distress that brought on by outward circumstances. So perseverance, then, guys, would be a patient endurance, the capacity to endure calmly, confidently, and without complaints. Don't you just love seeing people just steadfast? Because we all go through stuff. But when they're just facing something, man, they're, they're facing the storm. They're trusting in God. <laughs> they know they're in his hands, and we're just going to go for it. Okay? I'm, I'm going to trust God. I'm not going to throw a pity party. I'm not going to want others to come along and, you know, have pity on me too. I'm just going to confidently trust the Lord. And I'm going to walk through this storm looking and trusting Him. And that's what perseverance is, guys. The capacity to endure calmly, confidently, and without complaints. So trials work for us, not against us. Some of us are looking at everything that this last year's thrown us. Why all these trials? Why all these hardships? Have you embraced it? Have you allowed God to change you? Have things been reprioritized? Are you using it to grow and to develop Christian character? Because according to the word of God, that's what trials do. Christian character, you know. Well, God asked me to love others, right? Isn't that the second greatest commandment? (laughs) Love others as you love yourself. First one is love God. You know, well, it's easy to love God, but sometimes it's hard to love other people. You know. As long as we're just all getting along and you're nice and I'm nice to one another, then it's easy to love. But doesn't it get hard, you know, when relationships get a little rocky? There's a little conflict, a little warring going on. Do we just get up? Do we put on the boxing gloves and want to fight back? Or are we still going to choose to love, persevere in that, and do what God's calling us to do? You've called me to love, even my enemies. I'm going to love. You see, trials work for us, guys. Be encouraged in them. They grow us. Tribulation is a thorny tree, but it yields sweet fruit. Example, um, how many guitar players we have in here? A few, okay? Some of you guys are like, yeah, I'm a yeah. (laughs) Um, Anyways, you guys know that a, a guitar string only fulfills its purpose when it is stretched tight? Otherwise, it's pointless. I feel the same way as a Christian, guys. Good example, when a storm comes uh, on a sea, a ship will turn um, and face the tempest. They have to. You see, the vessel allows the storm to hit its side, or if it does hit the side, it's just going to capsize, and it will sink. But if it turns uh, back from the storm, it's just going to get blown wherever the wind Wants to take it, okay. Um, The only the only thing that's going to keep you safe is actually facing the storm. I just want things to go back to normal. I want to be comfortable again because that's when we were happy. No, (laughs) every forty seconds someone's killing themselves, guys. We're not happy. One hundred twenty three Americans will commit suicide today. We're not happy. Comfortable does not work. You guys familiar with William Carey? Another missionary. I'm on missionary kick this morning. Uh, he was a pioneer of uh, a lot of work that took place in India. Which, by the way, moms, dads, downstairs, we have the kids' book nook. We have all these missionaries' books and even some DVDs. Take those home. You will learn a lot by going through those books with your kids. A lot of great stuff down there. And we got a whole library upstairs with a ton of missionary stuff too. Anyways, biographies are good. Anyways, back to William Carey. His supporters in England, um, they sent a printer uh, to assess his efforts there in India because he was translating the Bible there into the uh, native dialects um, so they could print them and distribute them. While Carey spent many years learning the language so he could produce the scriptures um, in those local dialects, Uh, he also prepared dictionaries and a lot of different grammar books uh, that would use um, for his successors. One day, Carey was away and a fire broke out and completely destroyed uh, the building, the printing press that was inside, all the documents, all those previous manuscripts that he had worked through, the dictionaries, the grammars, all that. All that. Completely lost. So when he returned and was told of the tragic loss, uh, he showed absolute no sign of despair. Um, instead, he just knelt and he thanked God publicly there that he still had strength to go do it all again. You see, he started immediately. He didn't even waste a moment. He's back. There was no self pity. Okay. And before his death, he had duplicated, even improved on the earlier manuscripts that he had done and achieved. Um, how would you respond in that situation? I tried to put myself in William's shoes. What would I do in that situation? I hope I'd be like my, my brother here. All right, <laughs> this is what God's called me to do. Bummer, moving on, you know. We got to keep going. So how, have, how would you have responded? See, guys, we need to allow God to grow us. So when it comes to character here, we're told uh, tribulation produces perseverance, and we're told character produces hope. So um, there we go. Hope is the final level of these three steps towards our spiritual maturity. Do you guys see the progression here that Paul's laying out for you and I? Hope always burns brightly in those whose character has been developed through on or overcoming trials. We should rejoice in them. Well, I don't feel really good about this trial. (laughs) You guys know we base 95% of our decisions on feelings? I mean, we think of that and that's just ridiculous. No, we shouldn't do. No, but we do. 95%. I don't feel like this. I don't feel like being a Christian right now. Well, you are. If you're in Christ, that's who you are. A lot of times we want to identify ourselves in how we're feeling. Okay, I struggle with depression. Therefore, that's my identity. You know, no, that's not who you are. Okay, if you're a child of God, you are in Christ Jesus. You are a son or a daughter of the King. Live in that reality. Um, but it's cool when we think about this character, because really, uh, I love brothers and sisters of character. Those who have walked with the Lord have been through some life, some trials. Okay. It's sweet to hang out with them. It's sweet to have fellowship with them. Um, hope is not the tuition we pay as we enroll in the school of adversity. Rather, it is the diploma awarded to those who, by the grace of God, who, w- or who do well on the tests. There was a poet by the name of George Herbert. He was also a priest. Um, He wrote in the temple, he who lives in hope danceth without music. I like that. Do you guys like hopeful people? Yeah. They're fun to be around. I want to be that type of person. I want to be able to share hope with others because he's given it to me as his kid. You have hope as a Christian. We have hope to share with this world. And maybe you're feeling defeated, distressed, beat up. Take some of my hope. God's got you, guys. He is there. He's not distant. He's near to the brokenhearted, we're told. Do you know in Luke 4, 8, when Jesus took the first time he shared from the word of God, he grabbed that scroll, and he opened up to Isaiah 61. The Spirit is upon me. Declare freedom to the captives and to heal the brokenhearted. That's our God. That's what he does. And aren't you glad that he rose from the dead and he's alive and that's what he's doing today? That way people are finding hope, real hope today, everlasting hope, everlasting life today. The gospel's going forth. There'll be someone here this morning, you're not in relationship with Christ. You're looking for hope. You're looking for peace. And you're hearing the truth of God's word, which we read before. What? It gives us hope. (laughs) We need to be in the word. Okay? You may be in that place of saying yes to Jesus, and everything's going to change. Let's look at verse 5 here. I love verse 5. Okay? It says, it, it talks about God's love here being poured into our hearts. Okay? Now hope does not disappoint because... The love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who's given to us. Wow. Wow. In chapter 1, verse 4, the Spirit's mentioned. Here, the Spirit's mentioned one more time. But we don't read a whole lot of the Holy Spirit thus far in the book of Romans. Wait till chapter 8, we get into 20 verses that have the Spirit come up, which is really cool. But... Here we're told that specifically the Holy Spirit is pouring out the love of God into our hearts. Okay? We have a lot of earthly expressions of love. Okay? Mankind, we're able to love one another. We're able to love our spouses. We're able to love our children. Okay? We're able to love our dogs, some of us. Some of us are able to love ice cream okay? There's a lot of loves out there, but the agape love of God is radically different. How many of you guys have experienced that love of God where it's just like, whoa! That's the Holy Spirit. Some of you, that happened when you repented and you turned to Christ. His love just overflowed. like whoa. That's His Holy Spirit pouring His love into your heart. There's nothing like it. And I love it, guys. It's not a one-time thing. When you're a child of God, there's times when we're going through tribulations. I don't know how this is going to work out. Or I'm feeling really depressed. Actually, I I am depressed. I don't even want to get out of bed. I don't know if this is going to work out. And God, by his Holy Spirit, that peace we read about earlier, his love poured into our hearts, it just comes upon us. Like, oh, this is all right. God's with me. He's got me. I want to share a quote by Spurgeon. He said frequently of the uh, great Roman games and the emperors there, in order to gratify uh, the citizens of Rome, uh, he would put these sweet perfumes um, out. They would rain down upon the crowds there um, through the yawning which covered the amphitheater. And I, I kind of think of that, you know, in light of the love of God, because there's times I, I've, I've seen it happen here when we gather together uh, as a church family. I, I've seen it in counseling situations where I'm just one-on-one with somebody. I've experienced this on my own, on my knees in my bathroom. <laughs> the, the love of God, it just feels like it's just raining down. It is a sweet-smelling perfume, per se. You're like, whoa, this is thick. This is beautiful. Things are super chaotic right now. You know, but you love me. That's so cool. Um, Billy Graham taught uh, that when we preach atonement, uh, it is atonement. Planned by love, provided by love, given by love, finished by love, and necessitated because of love. Aren't you guys glad that God is love? You know, a lot of people just look at him. Well, he's just up there ready to judge me and take me out. No, the heart of our God, the living God, is that none should perish. You know, he is holy and he is just. But he loved us so much, which we're going to get to in a little bit in verse 8. He demonstrated that love by dying on the cross. He gave himself. That's love, guys. You see, when we preach the resurrection of Christ, we're actually preaching the miracle of love. Do you guys get that? Okay, don't miss it. Even when we preach the return of Jesus Christ, we are preaching the fulfillment of love, right? He's our bride. We're the bridegroom. Or he's the bridegroom. We're the bride. He's going to come for us. He's returning, okay? Um, So when the words that we read in scriptures, like verse 5 here, it teaches us the inwardness of true Christian religion here. So Christian, um, Christianity guys, It isn't only something to believe, but we need to experience it. Does that make sense? Why? Because it's a very real relationship. Unique. I remember marrying Sonny. Very unique experience. Okay? June 8th, 2002, covenant was made. Very unique, very special. The day when you finally humbled yourself and said yes to Jesus Christ. Very unique, special day. Okay? You came into relationship with him. Nothing like it. So it needs to be experienced. Wouldn't it be a bummer if I got married 18, almost 19 years ago and said yes, and then I never experienced any of life with my wife? I think a lot of Christians do the same thing. Yes, Jesus, I'm going back to my old life. We need to experience him daily. There's um, you know, ph- a um, phenomenal little book called Experiencing Guy, Our God by Blackaby. I forget his first name. Anyways, I encourage you guys, pick up that little book and it will provoke you. It will encourage you to really experience God in your daily life. You need to do that. And one of the best ways to do that, guys, is get on your knees and pray. You know, open His Word. Meet with Him. Walk with Him. Um, J. Siddle Baxter said this, Christianity is God, no longer in temples of man's building, but intimately known and possessed in the human heart through direct invasion of the Holy Spirit. That's how we come to a relationship with Him. When you're born again in the Spirit of God, Galatians tells us that We cry out what? Abba, Daddy, Father. Isn't that cool? Relationship. I want you guys to have a relationship with Christ. I can't make that happen for you. Okay. I can preach the gospel to you. I can share that this is true. It's real. There is hope. You can have peace with your maker. But it's on you to receive that good news, to receive Jesus Christ by faith. Let's move on to our death benefits. Really? Yeah! Check this out, verse 6. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. So if he did not... Uh, so much. If he did this when we were his enemies, think about this. Okay, how much more is he going to be for us when we're his kids? So when we consider these death benefits, yes, his death is our benefit, right? Jesus died that we may live. Benefits there. His death benefits is a payment made to the beneficiary of a policy. So when a policyholder dies. It is called survivor benefits. So think of this through with me. Jesus then would be the policy holder. We get to be the beneficiaries and we reap the survivor's benefits. Does that make sense? I hope so. Because we have much in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 8. It says, But God demonstrates his own love towards us and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Think of these four words, guys. The most important in all of recorded humanity, right? Christ died for us. Wow. Historically speaking, guys, Okay, the historical act is Christ died, right? And then the theological significance for us. Christ died for us. Oh, 1944, C.E. Goodman, the Hallmark greeting card guy, wrote the slogan, when you care enough to send the very best. Don't you guys feel that's what God the Father did by by sending his only begotten Son? He sent the very best for you. For you. J.C. Ryle said, sin must indeed be exceeding Sinful when the father must needs give his only son to be the sinner's friend. I like that. So we can be triply sure God loves us. You guys see the Holy Spirit in verse 5, last part of it, the Father in verse 8, and then the Son in verse 8 also. So we are loved by the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Pretty cool, huh? And then. Verse nine, we have the benefit of justification as an insurance. Okay, it brings about final judgment. We're saved from wrath. So is this wishful thinking? Not at all, guys. Okay, this is based upon a solid foundation of what God has already done. Okay, the work has been finished. When Jesus was on the cross, it is finished. It is done. And I want us to note his blood. Okay, it's not our sweat and tears. Okay, I'm going to work my way. I'm going to get right with God. And if I do all this stuff, then he'll finally love me. He just loves those guys. And it's because of the blood that Christ shed. So he did this based, <laughs> it's not on our goodness, but it's on his goodness. It's not anything to do with how good or bad we are. So we were his enemies, we're told. Um, we were at our very worst. So there is a saying among Italian sculptors who often miss the chisel and they hit their own hands with the hammer. They say, when the blood flows out, the mastery enters. I like that. And it was so with Jesus. It was his death on Calvary that made him a master of souls. Guys, there truly is power in the blood. Look at verses 10 and 11 here. Um, especially my insecure Christian friends. Listen carefully. Um, verse 10 says, For If when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. So this is God's how much more argument. Isn't this a cool passage of scripture? So if God did this when we were at our worst, how much more will he do us now that we've been made right with him, being in him? Think about that. Oh. I have a couple more thoughts as we close here, but I want to partake in communion with you guys. And then we got one closing song. So if I could have a couple of the guys pass out uh, the elements, that would be great. Um, the only thing I'm asking of you guys is, is partaking in uh, communion with us is that you've personally put your faith in Christ, and you're welcome to do so. Um, but as these guys are passing this out, I want to share a cool story that I found of a certain medieval monk. Um, he announced what he, he was going to be preaching ahead of time. Next Sunday, I'm going to be teaching on the love of God And as the shadows fell that night um, the light ceased to come through the cathedral windows. The congregation had all gathered there for this special message. And in the darkness there of the altar, the monk lighted a candle and he carried it to the crucifix. First of all, he illuminated the crown of thorns. Next, the two wounded hands. And then the marks where the spear went into his side and in a hush, it fell over the entire gathering there. He blew out the candle and he just left the chalice and there was nothing else to say. So when we consider verse 8 here, that God demonstrated, (laughs) he showed His love for you and I, when we were yet sinners, He was crucified. So the next time that you guys are struggling, whether or not, maybe you're not feeling that you're loved by God, (laughs) you need to go and you need to look to the cross. Because there, we will be reminded that He loves you. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And he demonstrated that love by dying in your place, hanging on that cross 2,000 years ago. I love the old hymn that says, Before the throne of God, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. Don't you guys love that hymn? And that's the reality. That's our great high priest, Jesus Christ. God is love. His name is love. He loves you. So let's take out the the bread here. And before we partake, I want to share a very short story about a general who was under Emperor... Uh, Siris, um while he was away his wife was accused of uh, treason and she was to be sentenced to death the general returned before the, the sentence was carried out and he pleaded with Cyrus saying uh, to him that hey I will die in her place uh, Cyrus was so touched. Uh, love like that must not be spoiled by death he said Um, he pardoned the wife and as they left the palace the husband said did you notice how kindly the king looked at us when he gave you the free pardon and she said no I had no eyes for the king I saw only the man who was willing to die for me are your eyes fixed upon Jesus when we come to the Lord's table, as we so often do are your eyes on him are you remembering his love what he did for you do you only have eyes for Jesus he died for you guys he loves you so father as we partake of the bread and the cup here we're remembering we're looking to you We do thank you for your great love towards us. We say thank you. We are so grateful. Let's partake together of the bread and the cup. Father, we thank you for that truth. Uh, We do praise you. There is none like you, and you are so worthy. God, and you are worthy to receive the rewards of your suffering. God, you came uh, to save. and There are so many out there uh, that need you need hope they've been at war with you god and you've made a way lord to to reconcile to set free to bring peace we thank you so much for that god we do pray and ask that you'd help us lord to surrender God, we want to obey trust and serve you in whatever ways you're asking so would you please uh, holy spirit just show us what that looks like where you're leading us. Thank you that you are with us. Thank you for these brothers and sisters of mine, all those who have been watching online. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, as we considered earlier, God, it was written that we may have hope. And what a hope we have in you. Thank you so much for that. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.